So I have a new type. It sounds like a fake. <laughs> like you're in a hacking movie. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I have a boil update. I forgot who that was. An Shame update on from me. the boil verse. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she was in a Christmas movie. Okay, the article that because I got a Google alert about it. It was like, did you know that Susan Boyle starred in a Christmas movie? And so I got really excited and I watched the trailer. And she's like barely in the trailer. Oh she's in the God. background of one scene, and then it's like, and featuring Susan Boyle. Don't um, trick my ass. It's called The Christmas Candle. It's based on a novel of the same name by ooh, Max Lucado. Uh, Susie sings this original song. <laughs> that was not her. On a starry night in Bethlehem, a child was born to bring light to Bethlehem. Get hype. Um, Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to report before we jump right in? No. Okay, this episode is titled Numbers. It is season one, episode 18, directed by David Attias, uh, who has directed for Alias, Six Feet Under, Always Sunny, The Sopranos, The Wire, and a bunch of other shit. Well, heck. Um, He directed another episode of Lost, which, judging by the title of it, is another Hurley episode. Um, This... Episode premiered on March 2nd, 2005. Honestly, I could not find anything as far as history and pop culture. It was so boring. You know what? Good. Um, Fuck history and pop culture. (laughs) So, let's see. Let's start with the movie. I'm going to do something different, and we're going to watch the trailer to the movie. Okay. Can I open my eyes? Yeah. Okay. Navy SEAL Shane Wolf has seen action in the world. Before his next assignment, he's going to the one place his skills mean nothing. Suburbia. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. From Walt Disney Pictures. <laughs> in association with Spyglass Entertainment. Let me get this right. Protecting those kids is a matter of national security. He has got to go. But now. But the last guy they ever expected may be exactly what they need. He's gonna give this punk a talking to. Why don't you pick on someone your own size? Oh, that is so gross. Come on, I'll be your daddy. The chicken wings. Finally, the pacifier. That was one of my favorite movies as a child. Was it really? I've never seen it. Oh my god. You know who wrote it? No. Thomas Lennon and Robert Ben Garant. Good for them. Are you ready for the song? It's top US. Okay. (laughs) Friend has a guess on the other side, but if only he could tell us. (laughs) Do you have a guess? Oh, I was thinking, um... I think, I think Regina Spector was big. What about Fidelity? Ooh, very close. Uh-huh. I'm so I take you to the candy shop. Is it 
Okay. Yeah. Who is this? 50 Cent. Oh my Featuring God. Olivia. Great. I don't know who Olivia is, and I am bad at my job and didn't research. Anything to say before we pop into this recap? Yes, actually. Okay. Good, because I have to drink water. Um, <laughs> speaking of Andrea, oh my God, convenient. She texted me a screenshot the other day that made me laugh so much that I thought that we, I just had to bring it up on the pocket. Like, I was going to read it to Caroline anyway, and then I was like, read it on the pod. <laughs> um, it's from some sort of magazine, and it's called, from like 1954, and it's called 129 Ways to Get a Husband. Oh my God. Um, she sent me one page of it, and so I'm going to tell you a few of the ways that they tell you. Please. Number one, change apartments from time to time. <laughs> Easy as that. Just meet some new men. Just change where you live. Okay. <laughs> like, that's so simple. Two, get a part-time job in a convention bureau. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Three, learn to paint and then set up an easel outside engineering school. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so engineers will talk to you. Four, when traveling, stay at small hotels where it is easier to meet strangers. <laughs> I don't want to. That's. Is this like 129 ways to get murdered? Yeah, in 1954. Here's a section called How to Let Him Know You're There. Okay? Is this something you're concerned about? Number one, carry a hat box. What? You're there? What does that mean? Like, get him to notice you. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I thought. That bitch wears hats. Number two, don't let him fish for your name the next time you meet. None of this guess who stuff. Oh, like he should know your name? No, like he shouldn't have to guess. You should just tell him. Don't make him feel awkward. Okay. Three, dropping the handkerchief still works. (gasps) Number five, forget discretion every once in a while and call him up. That one's fine. That one's pretty progressive. That one's fine with me. Six, have your father buy some theater tickets that have to be got rid of. This one's layered. Whoa. First of all, you don't have to spend any money. But also, I don't think they want your father to buy something really expensive. So they have like, like the day of tickets. Is that what they're talking about? I don't, wait, okay. It says that have to be got rid of. Imagine that conversation being like, Dad, I need you to buy tickets for this show. No, you can't go. (laughs) I just need you to buy them. Number seven, learn several funny stories and learn to tell them well. (laughs) But make sure you don't tell them to him more than once. (laughs) What if you only know three stories? Number eight, make a lot of money. Simple as that. Oh, okay, cool. In case you weren't doing that on purpose. Number nine, stand in a corner and cry softly.
tell him you need some advice. Oh my god. <laughs> Just come up with something. <laughs> That's insane. And the last one is... <laughs> Is it just a stranger? Like, hey, I need your advice. And that's how I met your father. <laughs> I stumbled into a room crying <laughs> softly. And I said, sir, I need some advice. <laughs> I need some advice on what to do with these tickets my dad bought. I need to get rid of them. <laughs> None of those ways work, yeah. which I would be shocked. That being said, time for the recap. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Whoo! <laughs> we open on Hurley, Jin, and Michael working on the raft. Jin is having trouble pantomiming something to Hurley, and Michael is able to translate it, which is cool. Nice. Jack approaches. Michael tells him that he's got people standing guard 24-7 after what happened to the last raft. Uh, Michael wants something to send a distress call. I I don't know what prompted that. What prompted him to want to send a distress call? Maybe he means when we're on the raft and if something goes wrong. Oh. <coughs> I don't know. I didn't even hear him say that. Oh, maybe. Um, but yeah, that, he, he says that he wants something to, something. <laughs> I start softly crying. This band-aid. It's too tight. Um, Jack says even if Saeed could make something like that, he wouldn't be able to power it. Then Hurley says, doesn't the French chick have batteries? So Jack and Hurley go to talk to Saeed. He doesn't want to tell them how to find her. And even if he could, oh, wait, what? Even if he did, even if he did want to, he couldn't because he says that he was unconscious when he was brought there and then disoriented when he left. When Jack appeared in this episode, I realized how refreshing it's been the past few days not to have to think about Jack's bullshit and Kate's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, remember him? <laughs> I'm tired of him. They're so pleasant when it's not about them. Yeah. <laughs> um, after more prodding, we see Saeed break. He's so frustrated after working with these papers for so long and not making any sense of them. Uh, he ends up pointing to an area on the map where she could, or where she should be, um, and says that the French name translates to dark territory <laughs> and says, don't go there. Hurley looks through the papers and finds the numbers 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 written over and over again, which launches him headfirst into a flashback. He's watching TV He's wearing a uniform to a fried chicken place and then eating from a bucket with the same logo so we can assume that he just got off of work. 
Um, his mom calls from the other room and says, I hope you're not watching those G-string mujeres again. <laughs> he says, Ma, if we're going to live together, you got to respect my privacy. She says, it's Saturday night. You should go out and find a nice woman. He dismisses this and changes the channel to the lottery. Turns out our guy won using those same numbers, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Uh, he passes the fuck out. He faints a lot. I mean, I guess only twice. Yeah, you're right. He did faint. Um, it's nighttime on the beach. Saeed is sleeping. He looks so peaceful. He <laughs> turns around. <laughs> he wakes up and then sees Hurley is watching him. Terrifying. <laughs> He's got the papers and just wants to chat. Uh, says he couldn't sleep. He wants to know what Shannon and Saeed figured out, specifically the numbers. Saeed says uh, he really doesn't know anything about it and then Hurley tries to play it off like he was just curious um <laughs> flashback Hurley is giving a press conference in his front yard he introduces his mom Carmen his brother Diego Diego's wife Lisa and his grandpa Tito who has worked for 52 years and is 70 years old we love a nice family boy yeah he mentions something about how he has a pacemaker um, Hurley tells the news that he's going to use the money to take care of his family and alludes to having put them through a lot and wants to make up for it. Then Tito collapses. Uh, back to the cave, Charlie stumbles upon Hurley collecting a shit ton of water. Hurley tells him that he's going to go take a walk and scope out some new fishing areas. Charlie wants to go, but Hurley says he needs some alone time. Charlie is clearly confused by the amount of water Hurley is bringing with him, which Hurley writes off as he's a big guy and he gets dehydrated easy. Cut to Claire on the beach. Locke comes up to her and says that he'd like her help sawing something. <laughs> uh, Saeed confronts Jack at the caves and accuses him of sending Hurley to probe him for information in the middle of the night. And now the maps are missing. Jack knows nothing about this, so the two of them ask Charlie if he's seen them. Uh, he tells them that Hurley went for a walk and was acting really weird, so the three of them set out to go find him. We get a little bit of Shannon and Saeed time as she's seeing him off, but nothing to write home about. I didn't see any tongues, so... I didn't see any tongue. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a glimpse of Hurley walking on the beach. He's already fashioned a little head mm -hmm. thing for himself. Um, and then a flashback of him driving in his new car with his mom. Um, she says, where are you taking me? I don't like surprises. Mm -hmm. She is an icon. Oh, yeah. Um, we learned that Grandpa Tito died and that at the funeral, the priest got struck by lightning. We also learned that Lisa left Diego for a waitress. Um, he suggests... <clears throat> He suggests, he suggests, uh -oh. <laughs> he suggests since they've had nothing but bad luck since he won the lottery that maybe the money is cursed. Then she slaps him and says, that's blasphemy. They're Catholic and they don't believe in curses. He says, we're almost here. And so he hands her a bandana to use as a blindfold. They drive up to a gorgeous house, which looks like something that, um, like, one of those houses that comes, like, pre-made on The Sims. You know what I'm talking about? Um, he gets her out of the car and says, take a look at your dream house. And before she can even remove the blindfold, she twists her ankle on the curb and falls down. Then she smells smoke. 
and we see that the house is on fire. <laughs> so right as Hurley is about to call 911, the police show up and they arrest him while the house is burning. They don't even see, th- that was a big fire. There was like a lot of smoke. Yeah. And they, That's it's like funny. the cops don't even notice. Um, back to present, Hurley finds the wire and begins following it to the jungle Flashback, he's talking to a financial consultant. Uh, he's the majority shareholder for a box company in Tustin. Oh, oh no. Uh, he also had a sneaker factory in Canada that burned down. Eight people died. There's that number eight. Yeah, why did he say eight something? Like, that's how you say time. He was like, eight something people died. Like, Oh, did he I didn't mean see that. 80 something or did he mean eight or so, eight to oh. ten people? I was like, no one says eight something for a number of people. Oh, maybe it's like, That's I don't know. confusing to me. Weird. Uh, but the consultant doesn't seem to care about that because the insurance money is going to be sweet. Plus, he's going to get money for that false arrest that we just saw. He asks Hurley where he got the numbers. Then Hurley stops for a second and says, it's not the money, it's the numbers. And then somebody falls off the roof right by their window. So back on the beach, Michael is hammering the raft. Sawyer's trying to read. Did you see what he was trying? What he was reading? I didn't even look. I assumed it was Watership Down. It's not Watership Down anymore, but I couldn't get a I couldn't get a look at what the book was. Um, he's trying to read while he's keeping watch, and the pile of bamboo that Jin was working on collapses. So Michael yells at him. Um, it's clear that they're all getting sick of each other, maybe spending too much time together. Also, Sawyer was, like, very irritable during that scene. Um, Kate and Son are sitting nearby. Son is lamenting to Kate about her failed marriage and wonders when the raft is ready if Jin will leave without them, or will leave with them without her. Meanwhile, Hurley is still following the wire, He hears flies and then looks up and sees a nasty boar strung up above them, above him with a chunk missing. He then steps on something and lucky Saeed appears and uh, says that he's standing on a pressure trigger. If he moves, this pile of sharp sticks will fall on him. So they need to find something to replace his weight. But Hurley says, nah, I can jump out of the way in time. Everyone's shouting for him to just wait. But he does it, and then he jumps out of the way in time. By the um, way, um, did you see how high that thing swung? Like, literally, he could have crawled away. That didn't seem very challenging. <laughs> like, it didn't, it's not like it came crashing down on the spot where the hair trigger was. It, it came swinging, so as if, if you walked away, it would have, like, smacked your face. But if you had stayed low enough to the ground, you could have taken all the time in the world. It was yeah. so silly. All he did was throw himself on the ground. Anyone could do that. Yeah, I know. Um, but also, it could have been them just, like, underestimating him. Because, like... Yeah, they definitely were. Yeah. Um, they ask him what he's doing. He says that he's here to get a battery. So now all four of them are on this journey together. <laughs> Flashback. Hurley is at the front desk of a mental hospital asking for a patient named Leonard. There's a maintenance guy who's on a shaky ladder replacing a light bulb, and Hurley says, dude, don't do that right now. Why did he put the ladder so far away, though? That was really weird. That wasn't on Hurley, okay? That wasn't Hurley's curse. This guy sucks. <laughs> Vote him off. Uh, the, the guy gets down. Um, the nurse says that she can't give out that information, but a doctor happens to be walking by, recognizes Hurley, and lets him in. We see Leonard, he's playing Connect Four, muttering to himself. 
Hurley sits with him and asks what the numbers mean. And we hear that that's what he's muttering to himself over and over again. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Ask where he got them. Um, when Hurley says that he won the lottery using those numbers, Leonard starts talking like a normal person and um, and then begins shouting, uh, you've opened the box. You've got to get away from those numbers. Hurley tries to ask him more questions, but a nurse starts taking Lenny away. He's able to get out. Sam Toomey heard them in Kargooley, a town in Australia. So we learn why Hurley's in Australia. We don't know if Hurley was admitted to the psych hospital, if he worked there, if he was a volunteer there, if he Mm -hmm. was visiting someone and he met Leonard. They didn't specify that. He did say something that was like, I didn't realize you were friends with Leonard. Like, you guys didn't spend that much time together or something. So was Hurley in a psychos? Well, it could be what he, like, put his family through. Like, because he said... Because he said that um, during the thing with the news. And then he also has all this this stuff about, like, I'm not crazy. Like, he keeps insisting that he's not crazy. So maybe he was admitted. In the present, Saeed finds where the wire ends. Charlie points out a bridge. Hurley begins crossing the bridge. Everyone's freaking out again, but he makes it to the other side. When Charlie crosses, it breaks just as he's able to jump to the other side. So we've got Jack and Saeed on one side, Hurley and Charlie on the other, um, and they're going to try to find each other. Flashback. It hurts that they trust Jack more than Hurley, but also I trust Jack more than Hurley because he just seems so dim. Well, every episode. Yeah, it's it's also, like, they should find it, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, they chose, as a group, they are saying, let's have Jack find us versus let's have them go find Jack. Yeah, but then they don't Jack... stick to that plan. Well, Because yeah. when we see them again, they're, like, walking through the jungle. Also, again. every time I see Charlie's Vans, I roll my eyes. Because if you're in a rock band, oh, my you wear God. checkered Vans. We all know that. <laughs> There's no other shoe choice if you're in drive shaft. I think I dated Charlie in middle school. (laughs) Flashback. Hurley's knocking on a door. And a woman answers. If this went the middle of nowhere, I'd say you were lost. I'm so sorry, but this is the least consistent Australian dialect I've ever heard on TV. I looked her up, and she's in uh, an episode of Six Feet Under, so maybe she knows this Oh my character. god. And it, also, which episode? Do you know? I don't know. I didn't look that up for you, but I looked something else up for you. Okay. She's in Mad Men Season 3, Episode 5. Stop. The Fog. Remember when Yardley Smith plays one of the nurses at the hospital when Jean is born? Yardley Smith is in Mad Men? Yeah. Right? Wait, when Jean is born... Like, um, yeah, wait. Betty has that whole vision. They oh my god, yeah. Her. So, Yardley Smith is one of the nurses, and this lady's the other one. Oh, cool. She's apparently been in a lot of stuff I've seen, but those were the two that I thought you would care about. Wow. So, yes. We learn that she is Sam Toomey's wife, and that he's been dead for four years. She invites him for tea, and he asks about Leonard Sims. She tells him that they served in the U.S. Navy together. <laughs> When Hurley says Leonard talked about Sam hearing something, she says, You're talking data numbers. 
I'm gonna incorporate this into I just my want everyday <laughs> conversation. You're talking about the numbers. <laughs> You're talking about the numbers. I want a num- I want a scene of her with Richard Relic in the second. <laughs> oh my god. So she says that uh, they had a job together in the Navy. Oh, um, Leonard and Sam had a job together in the Navy listening to transmissions over the Pacific. Uh, about 16 years ago, they heard a voice repeating those numbers. <laughs> uh, then they went to a fair. <laughs> she, she and... Uh, and Sam went to a fair together, and he used those numbers to guess <laughs> to guess how many beans were in a I jar. I didn't get how many beans it was, though. Um, I added all those it numbers was four up. beans. <laughs> <laughs> I added those up, and it was like a hundred and something. So yeah, it there... does. It's a hundred and eight. Uh, but she said was that it the a really jar, small jar. <laughs> she said the jar was as big as a pony. So how many? As big as a pony, of that must be so many beans. So is it like, here's our thing again with not knowing how to read numbers. Like, is it like 48 million beans? Oh, like, yeah, no okay. Way. It's like 4 billion, almost 5 billion beans. Oh. It's not that either. What combination of these numbers makes up how many beans? <laughs> this is what I'm going to be whispering in the mental hospital while I play Canuck for. 108 beans? beans? 4 billion beans? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> oh, but somehow he uses those numbers to I guess the beans. <laughs> they win! They win money <laughs> from the beans. <laughs> On their way home from the bean game, they get in a car accident and she loses her leg. But Sam had barely a scratch on him. So he starts keeping a record of all the terrible things that happen to people around him. uh, And that's why they moved to the middle of nowhere. It only stopped when he killed himself. There's a lot of movies like this. Have you seen movies where it's like... I? in order to break the curse or like the bye bye man we watched oh, this yeah. year like to break the curse don't, it, don't say it <laughs> he had to kill himself and all of his family the and bean, make sure bean that man. <laughs> don't make it don't say it There's, I've seen so many movies where this is the plot like you have to kill yourself to break the curse yeah yeah um, and it always starts with, like, a mysterious suicide yeah. that, like, people hear about on the he news. so happy. <laughs> Why would he do this? Um, Hurley tells her that he used the numbers to win the lottery, and now he thinks that he's under the same curse. She says, there is no curse. You make your own luck. Don't blame it on the numbers. You're talking about the numbers. <laughs> Sorry to this woman. Please no realize <laughs> In the jungle. I thought the most interesting, actually, before we move on. Okay. The most interesting music cue to me, or not music cue, but new music was in this episode. What? <laughs> was in this scene, rather. What is it you're looking for, Mr. Reyes? <laughs> 
It's so yeah, ominous. Bam, bam. When has a guitar ever scared me like that? <laughs> I wonder if that song will come back. Like, is it a Hurley song? Is it a Numbers song? Oh, maybe. Um, <clears throat> in the jungle, Locke and Claire are working on something. He's not answering her questions as to what they're making. He tells her that he made glue out of animal fat. That's Gross. <laughs> and also resourceful. Um, she says, thanks for giving me something to do. Again, Locke is giving people what they need that no one else would give them. Oh, okay. Um, Saeed and Jack are walking through the jungle. Saeed recognizes an area and says they're close. Jack steps on a tripwire and an explosion goes off. Turns out he blew up her house. Yeah. Way to go. Uh, they're searching the rubble and nothing is there, so she must have moved, knowing that Saeed would come back. <laughs> she must have moved. She that moved. just sounds funny. <laughs> she got a U-Haul. She must have. She must her have mail is finished. still coming to the. Yeah, her lease was up hatch. here, so she must have moved. And then she blew up her apartment. <laughs> what we're gonna do? <laughs> oh God! Just this one. Really, really small explosive. <laughs> Hurley and Charlie are uh, following the sound of the blast. Charlie says, cut the shit. What are we really... He doesn't say that. What are we really doing out here? Uh, Hurley is just about to tell him when someone starts shooting at them. They run. Hurley trips. And when he gets up, Russo is pointing a gun in his face. He asks her what the numbers mean. And she says she doesn't know. And then he has this monologue, which I really liked. She's got this gun pointed in his face. Which no is way cool. he doesn't say the F word after all that. Friggin' answers. You know what I thought of when you were playing that? Hmm. Um, this is another, like, this episode brings up his insecurities because they multiple times, you know, say, like, fun time Hurley versus, like, whatever. Like, yeah, that, like, that was brought up. Yeah, like, the way people perceive him. And this might be, or this is an example of it being done well, I think. Because, like, I've complained a lot yeah. in the past of, like, since when is this an issue? But this, I think, was executed perfectly. Like, yeah. it seems like this has been an issue. It's, like, after watching this episode, especially the thing with the numbers, like, it's hard to imagine what this show would have been without him. Like, had Jorge Garcia not oh. auditioned for this show, yeah. like, and this character was not written, like, what, I, this would be just an yeah. entirely different show. Well, it would have been Michael Keaton. He would have won the lottery. <laughs> I want to see a version of this show where Michael Keaton just plays everyone. 
2021, It'll be like, you can see him on Broadway in a one-man show. Oh my god. It's like the the share video where she plays everyone in West Side Story. Haven't seen it. <gasps> we'll plan to. Oh boy. <laughs> I want um, some freaking answers. Freaking answers. She lowers her gun. She tells him that her ship picked up a transmission of a voice repeating those numbers. You know, the science team. Uh, Then they followed the coordinates of... They followed the coordinates and then shipwrecked onto the island. They waited for rescue and continued to search for the meaning of the numbers. Then the sickness came. Then she went to the tower. Oh, after... Yeah, okay. After everybody died. After she killed everybody. Oh, yeah, she didn't tell her, like... She's, oh yeah, she's saying like oh, she didn't say I murdered them. <laughs> everyone got sick Oops. when I shot them. <laughs> they he ran into my knife ten times. Uh, then she went to the tower and changed the transmission to the distress call that we know and love. <laughs> he says the numbers bring bad stuff. They're cursed, and then she believes him. She says the numbers brought them both there, so she's the first person to believe him that the numbers oh. are cursed. He hugs her. That was a really sweet moment. So when Sam was listening to the numbers through the static, are we to believe that that's the same transmission that Russo's team heard? Or are there multiple places where you can encounter these numbers in that sequence? Over oh, a I, I just assumed that it was the same transmission. Because like... Because they were in... Australia. Yeah. This Unless there's another magic island. east of Australia. Oh, God. Can you imagine if there were other magic islands? I believe that every day is a new magic island. <laughs> Where am I? What do you do? He says, oh, no, just said that part. Saeed and Jack are looking through the rubble of the house. Uh, Saeed finds the picture of Nadia. Charlie finds them, uh, he says that he lost Hurley. They're about to go find him, but Hurley appears with the battery, says that, <laughs> says to Saeed that Rousseau says hey. No, she didn't. She didn't say that. Tell Saeed I say hey. <laughs> Don't put words in her mouth. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, they arrive back at camp that night. Saeed gives Michael the battery. Locke asks Claire in the jungle, they're still working on that shit, um, if she's thought of a name yet. She says... Uh, that she hasn't thought of a name and that she was actually going to give the baby up for adoption. And she says it's her birthday. Happy birthday, Claire. Happy birthday, Claire. <laughs> Miss Littleton. Miss Littleton, you must be talking about the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> she says it doesn't matter that it's her birthday. She's pregnant, she's single, and she's stuck on an <laughs> island. He says it's good luck for the mother's birthday to be close to the babies. She says, you believe in luck? He says, I believe in a lot of things, Toots. Yeah, but he didn't say that. <laughs> um, he then flips over the thing that they've been making, and we see that it's a cradle. Even though it was so she didn't know what that obvious, was. I wrote was... that in all caps. <laughs> no way she didn't know that whole time. This bitch is dumb as hell. Um, did he know it was her birthday? I thought he about must that. Have. Well, that's scary then. Yeah, I was well, thinking about that. <laughs> What I was else thinking about now? that after, and I was like, there's no way. Because I think he would have made her a cradle anyway, even if it wasn't her birthday. I think he was just like, oh, well, then, oh. happy birthday. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's one of those things that, like, he had a feeling, was and he didn't necessarily I know. Think about it. <laughs> I would be a little creeped out if I had a nightmare about Locke and a crib in the jungle, and then Locke helped Took me build me to the jungle a cradle to in the jungle. <laughs> 
Don't use it, gal. <laughs> He's got backgammon eyes. <laughs> oh my god. He's gonna take her baby to the others. <laughs> He's gonna snatch that baby. <laughs> Hurley is at the fire. He's roasting his shirt like a little marshmallow. He's trying it, right? Oh, yeah. Why was Charlie acting like he was gonna eat it? <laughs> Such a dumb joke. Just what, because like, he's fat, he's gonna eat his shirt. Like, I guess, has no one else done that? Are they just hanging their stuff to air dry? Like, it seems like not a foreign concept that you could use the fire to dry your wet yeah. clothes. Like, is Charlie just stupid? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Charlie comes up to him, asks him what he's, uh, oh, what he was going to tell him before the shots went off. He says, I think the plane crash was my fault. This seems to annoy Charlie. Charlie says, you think you're the only person on the plane with baggage? Ha 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 ha
realizing that he owes Walt $83,000 from backgammon and he actually has that money. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. And it means nothing to him. He's like, yeah, whatever. Sure That's did. chump change. Yeah. Hurley was the last um, that that pulled out for um, episode flashbacks. We've got we've gotten at least one from everyone now. Oh, except we haven't we haven't really gotten anything from Shannon or Rose. It, I don't think Rose is in the main cast. I think there's 14 people that are considered main cast. Oh, okay. And we have so far at least seen everyone in a flashback. Yes. Um, I guess yeah, we don't okay. know if there are individual Shannon episodes, but I hope so. Do you know who you're voting off? I don't have anyone. I just said Locke because he's really creeping me out. Like the cradle and the hat. Now that yeah. we know the hatch has the numbers on it, like that's even more scary. Yeah, but he doesn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> Does he not? <laughs> he's not worried about the monster. He's not worried about the hatch. MVP on three. One, two, two three. One. Nadia. Mrs. Santuli. <laughs> I picked Nadia because um her picture didn't burn up in that bomb. That's she cool. She still looks great. <laughs> and um she's still got like she's still got her hooks in him. Like he's got a date to go like um perform bondage with Shannon, but like he still cares about her and like yeah. that's important. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be awkward to explain. I wonder if if like he's gonna tell Shannon about it, about Nadia. Well, I think there's a good chance that she's dead, so I, I would call him a single man. I don't think we have to a worry bachelor, about that. if you will. Uh, I didn't care for this episode. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm going to start caring about the numbers at some point, but like this whole like Australian wild goose chase that he goes on, <laughs> fucking Leonard with Connect Four, like I couldn't deal with that. Oh my god. Okay. Wow. We have strongly differing opinions on this show, and I like that. <laughs> I mean, they're not that, we, I, I think, what are, okay, what are the, the main differences so far? Well, I guess so far we've had two, two of my least favorite episodes you were shocked by. I guess that was just the point I was trying to make. What are your two, so this one and then what was the other one? House of the Rising Sun. Oh, but right, right, right. we agreed on that, did you think that the Charlie's two episodes were weak? Because I think his flashback episodes have been so weak. yeah. I, I would be interested to hear if, because I don't know, it, people without drug experience writing about addicts mm -hmm. is, it always, I don't know, it always rings false. Yeah, that's Not always. Point. That's That's a huge generalization. But, like, I wonder if the writers, like... I don't know. Sometimes I think about, um, I don't mind saying this because I think he's pretty open about it, but sometimes I think about like what Naveen Andrews thought about it as like someone who's public oh, yeah. as a, um, who has, uh, what am I trying to say? Previous heroin addict. Yeah. That would be interesting hmm. to know. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for like, actually, I don't know if there are any episodes of charlie's that are like not about being an addict yeah i'm looking forward to that i mean i think the last one was about relationships technically yeah because in the present day we were dealing with claire and how he wants to care for a baby and then lucy said 
you can't care for anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think definitely <clears throat> the the second one that we saw was better than the first one. And maybe maybe the difference is that like the first the moth was about him like like uh falling into this addiction and this lifestyle and then the second one is him trying to break out of it and then not being able to. So I think that one was more compelling to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Anytime we get to hear my favorite song, You All Everybody, I won't complain about that. Yeah. <laughs> that That's a win for me. <laughs> um, What are our other disagreements? You, you're way harder on Locke than I am. I think I'm more sympathetic to Locke than you are. And maybe okay. it's because I've seen the whole thing yeah. and I know his journey. <laughs> I think that the next episode is a Locke episode. Hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a thumbnail. Yeah. The thumbnail is him with hair. So yeah. I'm excited for that. I can't wait. RIP to the animals who provided Locke's glue. Thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. RIP Ethan. RIP possibly Father Aguilar who got struck by lightning. Yeah. We didn't say. RIP Grandpa Tito. Yeah. That was rough. RIP gross boar that got snared in the jungle. Um, RIP to the guy who either jumped or fell from that building. <laughs> Um, and then the, the eight something people who died in a factory fire, mm-hmm. RIP Sam Toomey and RIP science team. Yeah. And what trivia do I have? Gal, huge news. What? Brittany Perrineau played the lotto girl. <gasps> we brought her back. Oh my God. Does that mean that, uh, so Carly- you're <laughs> I don't think so because they didn't show her. I think they probably didn't show her on purpose because we just saw her. They didn't show her. They like barely showed her. Oh, they yeah. they showed that there like were numbers on the TV, but then the whole time she was reading them off, it was on Jorge. Oh, okay. I like to think that Hurley could snag a, a Hurley Sawyer could snag a Lotto girl. I'm gonna grip a Lotto girl. Uh, Jorge Garcia. He thinks that she has all the money. <laughs> I hope Sawyer turns He's out just to be misinformed. <laughs> He's like, watership down. <laughs> are these people or rabbits? <laughs> he doesn't even know what asthma is. He didn't have the inhalers. <laughs> uh, Garcia lost 30 pounds filming Lost in the first season, but they asked him to stop losing weight because he has to look the same between the flashbacks and the present day. Oh. Which is a bummer. Well, depends on what his preference is, but yeah. I would be annoyed. Um, I just copied and pasted this because you asked, um, Sawyer can be seen reading the children's fantasy novel, A Wrinkle in Time. Oh. Um, is that a time thing? Is lost a whole fucking time thing. Oh, probably. Don't tell me. <laughs> the last trivia is Charlie says, Next minute, you're Colonel Bloody Kurtz. I had to look that up. That's a reference to Marlon Brando's role in Apocalypse oh, Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, that movie is based on Heart of Darkness. Isn't that the mm-hmm. book that Jack referenced? I think so. He said, like, Kate, why are you always trying yeah, to go yeah, yeah. Heart of Darkness yeah. every time there's a hike? That's all I got. Nice. 15, 8, 4, 20, 20, 20. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Loop it. <laughs> uh, give us a rating or a review. <laughs> oh, it's just sad. <laughs> it's a shameful, shameful day.
That one doesn't make sense. Are you serious? Oh! <laughs> Isn't that so crazy? <laughs> no thanks. Fifty bucks. Oh I said God. worth it. It is worth it to me. I'll freaking Venmo you, dude. <laughs> yeah, if you could do that, Anna. <laughs> Actually, if each listener could Venmo us one dollar, we make a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <clears throat> Follow us on Instagram at You've Lost Me Pod, Twitter at You've Lost Me Pod, email us at You've Lost Me Pod at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any recommendations for the soundboard, <laughs> yeah. let us know. Bye.